I am learning uh, how to market films now. Ooh. How to, I'm learning, you know, uh, I now have a film going to AFM and it's a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting beast to say the least. Are you talking about getting it into the market? Getting into the market, actually, gotcha. actually getting it in front of people who you're trying to get it in front of, you know, to try and sell it and stuff. And, um, it is, it is an entirely new world. Um, it's full of all kinds of, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of the name. Oh, thieves. That's what I was saying. Yeah, thieves, thieves and, and brigands and people who will, uh, who will, who will charge you only 10% to get you in front of somebody who will charge you 20%. To get in charge of somebody who will get take you thirty percent, who will get in charge of somebody that will give you twenty bucks for your film. Nice. So um, <laughs> it is a, it, it it's like how many different ways can you split up twenty dollars? Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. If you give me a dollar, I'll watch it. Yes. <laughs> That's that seems to that seems to be the consensus. I can find a lot of people that will do that. <laughs> Or maybe somebody you can find people that are just a, you should just market it to everybody. Just say, hey, send me five bucks and I'll let you watch it. Yeah, that's uh, that's called Shutter. <laughs> on demand, make it an on demand film. Right. Yeah, that's called on demand. You know, uh, yeah. No. Uh, so anyway, Shutter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I haven't subscribed to Shutter. I don't. I haven't gone into that area yet. I'm overwhelmed with all the streaming services that I subscribe to, and Shutter kind of keeps coming into my brain. This is a funny thing is, is I discovered that in general, we were only watching like one show on uh, HBO Max, right? Yeah. So, so I got rid of HBO Max and, and my wife is like, well, wait a minute. How about, how, how about uh, uh, John Oliver? And I go, yeah, John Oliver is the only damn thing that you ever watch on, on this. And, and the thing is, is this is it's, do you want to pay $17 to watch John Oliver when here's the thing is YouTube has yes. it two days later. I was going to say two days later for nothing. Then I was you gonna go, say YouTube. is it, is it really, is it, is this absolutely necessary? She says, yeah, but we get all the bits and pieces. Well, of, I'm surprised but, because what about, the bits and pieces are shitty. so I said, I don't need any of that shit. What about the criterion collection? What about TCM classic movies? Isn't that all connected to uh, HBO Max? Well, yeah, no, I have a real dearth of uh, films in my life. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I really do need the entire motherfucking uh, uh, Criterion collection you right there at my fingertips. <laughs> you know, which, it, by the way, you can find I, in other places. I'm just saying, and every one of those films you can find in other places, and half of them are literally on YouTube. Oh, guess what? Right? All the pretty much all the Criterion Collection can, you can find at your local library on the free right? streaming services well, they mean, offer. And the thing is, oh, by is, the way, do you have you have to get Canopy, Hoopla? Those are the right. two that I'm talking about. You know about. what? I, here's the thing. I I am going to do that. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I'm looking for more free. By the way, I have a thing for Tubi. Uh, oh, Tubi, Tubi, I love Tubi. Yeah, you can Tubi find Criterion on there, too, actually. And the thing about Tubi is this, is Tubi is so deep that Tubi doesn't even know what Doobie's got, right? Yeah, exactly. It makes me wonder if some of it's, like, illegal or something. Because <laughs> yeah, I've, well, I've been on there, and I'm digging deep, well, and I'm like, or what? If or if it's even able, 
you, if you're even able to find that out. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not that Tubi isn't trying, right? But but Tubi's got everything. Tubi freebie is is another freebie, interesting. Yes. Um, it's just there are so many. You can't possibly these days say to yourself, "Oh no, I have to pay twenty dollars here in order to get you know this." And you go, really? Because um, exactly how much time do you have to spend? You know, exactly. You, just by itself, YouTube, just by itself. If you're interested in 50s films and, and, and you know, stuff back in, in the, it's it just goes on forever. In fact, you know, this we have a film in here right now that that it is. For free on uh, on YouTube on YouTube. Well, it's in public domain, so that makes it it's easier. It's in public domain, you know. Yeah, and 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 we should segue into this film. By the way, um, where is what is the exterior that they use for this film? Well, you. So my intro was going to be a very exciting. You ready for this? Go go for it. Come on down. You're the next contestant on Vincent Price is right. Anyway, I, my timing was bad. Uh, anyway, ill-conceived. Actually, I like I like your segue better. Yeah, okay. It was actually that was one of my little tidbits I was going to share, which I knew you probably would know. And I have to visually. Interestingly enough, I knew you would know this because not only did you work around Los Angeles, but you like architecture, and and the combo was as Frank. Lloyd Wright's most famous building. The move. The movie was uh, start, It was supposed to have been built in the late 1850s, right? Right. According to when they said the centuries has been around for a century. Right. So right. about a hundred years, right? So 1850s, it was built. So, the Victorian so, interior, and then Frank Lloyd Wright, 1925, on the outside. It's the Innis Brown House. Uh, not, yeah. Exactly, and, and then we're we're inside of the victim, and then you go down into the basement, and the basement evidently was built as a, a, a set, and yeah. it, it's absolutely the basement. Uh, they kind of like imitated some of the block there to to go with the outside, but at the same time they had the doors that were obviously uh, you know the Victorian with the it was boy that it was architecturally a mess. Um, it kind of makes <laughs> right. you wonder, though. It kind of makes you wonder it being such a low. And this is these are the things that I wonder. Is low budget, right? How low? How low budget was this? Because the set that's upstairs kind of looked like um, it. They borrowed it from another film. It did, and I kept trying to think of what other film I saw with I, the set. I'm not kidding. There was something that sat on my shoulder and went, "Man, you you've literally seen that set before." And and yeah. it's not like there weren't like at least half half a dozen half a dozen sitting in town on stages that you could use that were you know that were always there. But it was a pretty horrible mismatch it between was. the exterior and the interior <laughs> because I and I and I turned to Paula and I went, "Wow, they're coming up to the Frank Lloyd Wright house." I said, "I." I, I can't imagine the interior of that being any, any, I mean, I've been inside of that house before I've shot there. I was going to ask you if you've ever shot anything there. I, there was a period there when I first got to town that it, it was not, 
it had not been, it, it had been standing, not, I'm not going to say it was vacant, but uh, it, it had been used by theater groups. It had been used by everybody in town had used that house. Um, the, and, and oddly enough, it's like everything in LA. Uh, you could go in it and the, the, the furniture is still there. It was the same furniture that had been there, you know, since the, because Frank Lloyd Wright built the furniture for it. Right. And very rarely did anybody actually ever film inside of that house. Uh, but they certainly film the outside of it all the time. Right. Yeah. However, I think that this was quite a mismatch. To totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, wait, I want to know what, what you shot at this house. Do you remember? Oh my God. No. I mean, <laughs> was, was, Oh, I can't even, I'm trying no, to remember. I cannot for the life of me. Remember, I, I have a feeling that here's the thing you have to understand that you will go on location scouts all the time and location scouts always you know you'll go to four or five location scouts for any given uh, film right for any given film any given location and i don't even know where this house is that's how many but i've wow. been there many times los Feliz. Uh, whatever that well, is yeah the thing is is that a lot of them a lot of them are in los Feliz. here's the weird thing if you're watching this on amazon prime and you pop and you go to the x-ray it gives the exact address to the oh, house that, I'm, I'm sure it does. it's <laughs> like, a very really? it's an incredibly famous house I, I this one did this one start at the no this one this isn't the one i was watching another film that that started at the uh griffith uh observatory it seemed like everything went to this house uh, there were so many films that were filmed at this house. Oh, it, it, uh, there were places that you would always wind up in um, in a, a location scout, right? Uh, one of them was a, cu a couple of old houses that, uh, like uh, the house in House, uh, was just off of, uh, I think it's just off of Third uh, uh, Street in, in LA. And it was like that house was one of the ones that you always wound up at uh, you always wound up at certain places on uh, up in uh, up in Pasadena because there were so many older houses that had influence that looked like they were from back east uh, some so many wealthy people would come to LA and he, and the thing is is in L back east, you had to build your houses a certain way. You had to have steep roofs. You had to have like certain things that were related to weather. And the thing is, is the people that lived in those houses would make would make money and then move and then move to the West Coast and they would move to LA where the weather was perfect and they would build those same roofs. <laughs> and they would have all these weird looking houses. And that's what you could do on a scout is you could go through and just see all these neighborhoods that were built by people who were from different places that had that their houses look like those places. That's why you can look at, that's why there are areas in the Midwest that look like, there's areas in LA that look like the Midwest. There are very few places in the Midwest that look like LA. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. That, gotcha. That, that, you know, I mean, you, you don't go to Maine. It, it, there is no place in Maine that looks like uh, a two-bedroom bungalow uh, um, 
right. Adobe style <laughs> in downtown LA. See what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had that conversation about alleys too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. It's the same discussion, right? LA had it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what's interesting is what made me think of this movie. Uh, is I have to sh- get a shout out because my uncle. I was, he was asking me about the podcast. He's actually one of our listeners. Every once in a while, he'll text me. He likes it when we do older movies because right. he's an older gentleman like yourself. Um, but uh, actually, a little bit older Wait. than you. Let, let me get this out of my back. No, but he said, he asked me if we'd ever done this movie. I'm like, no, actually, it's been on my mind because it's one of the public domain movies I use as my background. And uh, But uh, he was talking about how he he went to see this with my grandparents uh, when he was like nine or ten, and he yeah. said it freaked him out. And it was it's not it's if you knew my grandparents, you would know that it's not really like them to, t- to want to go to this movie, but also take their ten year old kid with them. it. Was kind of right. even more beyond that's crazy. But uh, he said he was actually gonna go he was gonna go rewatch this, and he was he was actually he was gonna try the canopy route and see if it's on you know the library type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's everywhere because it's public domain. Oh, yeah. uh, so I was wondering if he sees it now, do you think he's going to think it's as scary as it was when he was a kid? Or do you think it's going to be more like watching The Great Pumpkin? Yeah. It's, <laughs> hey, I just watched The Great Pumpkin the other day. I, I, I had a question about The Great Pumpkin. Is is that exactly the same music as they used on the uh, Christmas show? Yes. Yeah. Well, they use that in everything. Well, they use that Vince Guaraldi theme and everything. Like, well, they certainly did, yeah. I bought the album, like, Vince Guaraldi, the actual Guaraldi albums. Right, yeah. <laughs> and those are actually pretty fun to listen to because it's... Oh, yeah, no, he's a, he's got an incredible sense of melody, uh, and he doesn't overplay his... You, if you're you know depressed, that's a good album to put on. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, it, it is the it is truly an accessible piece of jazz. You know what I'm saying? I oh, mean, I have... Yeah, totally. Anybody could listen to it and go, "Hey." Well, even if you don't like jazz, it's 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 soothing, that, especially on the holidays. Even if you don't like jazz, it's it's got that it's got that utterly clean uh, West Coast sound. You know that doesn't have a lot of it doesn't have a lot of swing in it. It's like just enough of uh, as you know. It doesn't have like any offbeats or anything. It's just like da, 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 da. I don't know how we got up on that. Well, I'm gonna uh, segue to it. Hold on. Um, okay. So. There's uh, speaking of music. There's some really good music on this movie, House on Haunted Hill from 1958. Actually, by the way, really? it was shot in September. They released it in December, and then I was looking at all these different sources that said 1959, but then I dug deeper and it said it actually came out originally in 1958 in December. So the other one there was are, February. There I don't are a hundred different versions of this out there that are that are slight variations. That in color, yeah. Uh, oh, color. yeah, the color one. I'm like, I, I saw the color one on TV about probably about oh. 20 years ago, and was I remembered it, it not being that great. Was or, it colorized? Yeah. Was it colorized? And, and, and can I ask? A question? I want to say it was that Turner Turner guy that did it. I think. The, yeah. Can I ask? back when he was doing that. <laughs> Why would he have picked that film? Because far be it from me to tell to tell other people what's good. Right. Although that's kind Shadows. of my job right here. Yes. Um, this dark was contrast. So, <laughs> yes, I want to say it was so typical all the way along, and, and 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 the performances were 
all right, but I mean, they didn't well, have anywhere to go because it's it's not I a agree. great job of writing. I mean, come on. Well, if you look at the director William Castle, right? Uh, if you look at his films, I haven't seen a lot of them, but I've seen a few of them, and they're all kind of the same. They're all kind of, oh yeah, just kind of plot what? along, and they're not really shot really creatively. Like oh. it's, this would have been awesome if it was shot like uh, the Orson Welles movie um, Citizen well, Kane. Right. Well, the thing is, is I mean, every once in a while, like like do a Dutch angle every once in a while or something, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, like it, I'm saying, the Citizen Kane, like you know, like extreme low angles or you know, yeah, I, I, bird's you, eye views, whatever. It's like when the camera is moving, it's only it's moving with huge space around, so that you can hardly even tell that the camera is moving. I mean, there there's. I mean, behind does you, a lot of panning. Yeah, a lot of panning. Yeah, a lot of panning. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot so of, a lot of just uninteresting film work. Yeah. Well, this a, actually set the set the stage, didn't it? Isn't like the first movie. That's another thing my uncle reminded me of. It's got to be like the first movie that they did, uh, where they you know they had people stay in a mansion overnight to win a lot of money, which is a common theme now. <laughs> but they, like, if you look at Agatha Christie, like, uh, Clue, or any, any of those movies where they're in a mansion, it's yeah. shot pretty much the same way as this. Like, it's almost right, like... Right, <laughs> right, exactly. But but that's what I'm saying. It's in a long tradition. It is in a very long tradition. But this kind of started that, didn't it? I mean, but I would this, say, like... No, 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 no. That goes... That, this goes that, back to the 40s? Oh, uh, it goes back to the 30s. Because, in fact, Paul and I have watched many uh many of the 30s uh uh versions of this in fact this before this film was filmed there was a, there was a spoof by the uh um uh laurel and hardy did a spoof on this the three stooges i was gonna say I, I was just thinking of Abbott and costello and how Abbott and costello everybody did a spoof on on this genre and this is 58 i mean this this is this is really old for this. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, like, well, I think what his point was, it's the first time that they had a group locked in a mansion where they had to stay there overnight to win a win a prize or whatever. Possibly. <laughs> Which possibly. has happened so often since. I mean, you know. It's like... Yeah, but, but but the thing is, is there are always groups locked in. <laughs> there's always right. groups locked in a mansion uh, for one reason or another going way back, you know. Uh, yeah, no, that's that, this is a trope. It, it, it is a trope, and here's the thing: if you're gonna do a trope, better do better do a better job of it than this. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you know, this it, the, the extension of this is the one that was more recently with the the weapons, uh, and do you remember? Oh, I can't think of the name of it, but uh, but uh, the couple gets together and everybody has to draw for a weapon, and uh, very recent. Uh, I know what you're talking about. You know oh, the one. It's gonna kill me. Knives out. Is that the one? The what? I'm thinking of knives out. Which knives out? Right. Knives yeah. out. The thing that is, was a great movie, by the way. <laughs> right, but but yeah. this is what I'm saying is, if you're going to do it, you have to do it. You you have to have a better twist on it, like knives out or something like that. You know, knives knives out. By the way, is is just the the the, the coinage flip of this one right well i kind of felt like i thought the plot was very simple but uh it had some twists in it that i wasn't expecting because i didn't remember any of this from watching it before but i I actually thought for i mean what i did is i kind of put myself in i was overcome at first by how cheesy it was 
and how milk toast the shot the sh- shots are you know like it's, it's just boring very much. and it's like it's a bit dated but and it's campy but yeah. i kind of got into it a little bit and i, I kind of actually i enjoyed it i wouldn't say it's a stellar there movie only, there was only one performance that i truly well, appreciated. oh god i mean if it wasn't for vincent price well vincent yeah. price was amazing but the other performance the skeleton was the old lady the 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 old lady that never said anything and just was kind of like put on a dolly and yes she just kind of rolled in oh and literally rolled in every shot and that was hilarious do you know what that reminded me of that reminded me of grover on sesame street it was like i love the scene though when when the younger woman is in the back room right and literally she's that 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 woman is pulled across literally across the room on a dolly and she literally does not and you can see the dolly muscle right and, and she just pulled and you can kind of like see the rope and the whole thing you can she, see the dolly yeah you can yeah, and it goes right past her as she's freaking out and then this it's just pulled right across. There's just something about that that just tickled the hell out of me because it wasn't even like she ran. It was like she's in here in the set and, and the, the dolly is pulled within two feet of her. <laughs> the woman goes, hey, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. I'm being dolly here. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't that the only exit? I mean, give her a break. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Plus she was hysterical. You know how hysterical women were back in the 50s. <laughs> But it was great because I don't, I don't think that woman had a role, had a line in the whole film. I'm sure she didn't because the last time we saw them before they left, they're standing in that archway and she was looking exactly like she did before. Well, the creepy guy did. Oh, I know her. he did. I know he did. But she didn't. And she was standing beside just his, her hair done up kind of like that. Oh, actually, the the guy that played the, uh, the family member, um, oh, what was his name? Oh, Alicia Cook, is that his name? Alicia Cook, he played Watson, Watson, Mr. Pritchard is basically what he played. He played the guy that was a family member. He had a family right. members who died in the house. Oh, He's right. like, seven oh, of yeah. them died so far. Maybe yeah. more, seven, maybe more by the morning. But I loved his expression through the whole thing was this, like, kind of freaked out, is, like. He is He is one of those guys that, that you go and get. Right? But he made his face the whole time. I know, I know, I know, but he's behind you right now, and that's exactly the same face he's got on his. Yeah, that guy right there, he's a classic. He is. He is. I've every, seen him before. Every forties, fifties, sixties movie had like like. Let me guess, yeah. gangster movies with him going. Oh yeah, gangster movies, westerns. You know, in the background, you know, you know, he he was like, uh, he's the guy that read the. You know, he was a he would be a taco vendor mod squad, right? You know, I mean, he would be a taco vendor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get your tacos here. Yeah, tacos. Oh, wow. Well, I can see that. Yeah. He's yeah, kind I of a character that. actor, like like maybe like a Willem Dafoe, maybe? Eh, no, definitely the step down from William. You know, he's the guy that you pop. He's... He's the guy that's the pal of the other guy, or he's the, he's he's like uh, uh, the third gangster from the right. He's the one that gets the <laughs> script that says third gangster from the right. Look angry. Yeah, yeah. He's he, you know, uh, or uh, he's the one that's uh, that that 
that doesn't have an actual name uh, on the script, right? <laughs> well, the skeleton was uh, apparently in the credits, but uh, really, <laughs> like as himself or whatever it was. Yeah. By the way, uh, and and I was going to ask you this: uh, how how is that uh, boiling vat of acid doing? Uh, how's your boiling vat of acid? Doing? I literally was just about to say. What the hell? I it couldn't get out of my head. Why is there a vat of acid, and why is it still full of acid? <laughs> if it's been a hundred years or but however what's long. What's great is this. What's great is this. Oh, I guess it's not a hundred years because his is, family stayed there. Is that is that in a movie you would have to ask, right? I mean, come on. There there's a vat of acid in, well, in the basement. Right? I, I don't know. I've never really been in a creepy house like this, so there could be acid in every creepy house i guess well i mean you know now i've upgraded here uh, i have two uh <laughs> but but the thing is is all i've got is the vats of acid i don't have a basement to put them in i only have a bucket, uh, <laughs> <just> a bucket. <laughs> but it's portable i could take it with yeah, me yeah. That, that's the thing that i loved it is that there are movies that would that would like you know go through the trouble to say to that it. oh well this was a tannery this was a tannery when we when I when my parents uh, had a tannery in the basement uh, that it's been it's been operating since eighteen twenty five well they you know? tried to explain it it was a the wife didn't like the wine so the so, <laughs> I don't know, some stupid right, story right but but that 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 explanation yeah. Uh, kind of uh kind of like did okay a big bat disgusting bat of bad wine it created right? more questions that's, that's what that discussion has at the end of it all it has is a bunch of old wine right right i don't know how that wine turned into bacid that would eat you know acid that's going to eat up a skeleton and then i started thinking about physics okay so you throw something in there like a rat which right the, the scary mean guy what what was his name Oh well, the the guy, the, the guy, the guy, the guy with the this kind of nonchalantly picks up the rat, right, and drops it in, and then the skeleton, the full well, skeleton, still attached, floats it's up. It's Vincent Price that throws the rat in, right? No, it's the, um, it's the guy, Mister. What's his name? <laughs> I've already forgot his name. Oh, okay. Mister Watson, Watson Pritchard. Oh, right. He right. just nonchalantly walks over, picks up a rat in a rat trap. Separates the rat trap, drops right. it in. But I was confused by the whole skeleton floating up together, like, in one piece. I was like, so would it float? And then would it be in one piece? I had multiple questions. Be? Well, there was, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway. But I tried to take myself back into the time. I was like, okay, I'm 10 years old. I'm my uncle. I'm sitting what? in the, with my, with my grand, with my parents. And they, they are dressed probably, my, my, my well, grandma probably made my grandfather wear a suit. They probably, she had a dress on. I'm watching this and I hear these noises. I'm going to try something new here. I hear these noises at the very beginning. And it's a black screen. I'm in a dark theater and I'm freaking out because I'm only 10 years old. <laughs> oh, well. It sounds great on my end. But anyway. What? No, those that so that was amazing to me, and I was I immediately started thinking about people with haunted houses that play the sounds, 
And I'm like, that oh, had right. to be used a lot for those haunted houses. But yeah, that I would freak. That's a great way to start a movie, by the way. And I think that's a five star beginning five-star. for a movie. Excuse but my yawn. then it kind of goes downhill quickly from there. Excuse my yawn. Well, I remember. I, now, now I, I rem- Now I was born in '57, so I was born a couple of years before this film came out, and probably by the time I was four or five, um, I remember that our vat of acid, you know, my family's vat of acid uh, uh, would. It, but, but we were out in the desert, so it was, you know we would throw horny toads and snakes and things like that in there. So, but but we did not too many rodents. But I'm going to have I'm going to have to defer to a different climb. How do we get off the amazing sound design at the beginning of this with people moaning and screaming and? <laughs> right, that's that's all you had at the beginning of this thing. In no, fact, the the beginning was amazing, and I'm like, that was amazing, and then yeah. it just turns into this boring kind of movie that I was, I actually, I was, I maybe not boring. I actually enjoyed this movie. Actually, I think I enjoyed this more than you did. Obviously, I think but, I think that you did. But really, think, Vincent Price carried carried me along through the whole thing, and then I I enjoyed the how campy and silly it was, and then also I was re- reading like trivia about this, and like. It was, you know, this William Castle, he's known for the Tingler, right? So he and Vincent Price had a two, a two film agreement to do this movie. And then the movie after this, the Tingler, and they used these gadgets for both movies. So one was like the skeleton, I can't remember what he called it. Um, But they they would, when the skeleton would show up, uh, it was called Emergo. (laughs) Emergo. So they had the skeleton rigged up to fly over the audience. Oh, okay. When the skeleton came out, so it was like you know when you were sitting in the theater, the skeleton would fly at you, and well, so I guess Tingler, right? no, that this that was this movie. Oh, okay. and and then apparently some local kids in in different areas found out about it, so they brought like slingshots and threw rocks at it, so they stopped doing it, and apparently they still use it. They still have the original equipment, and they still use it for like special presentations of this movie in the theater, <laughs> which I would love to go see. But also Tingler, so you, I, you know about Tingler. Most people know that they put vibrating seats where they've hit a button with people were screaming. Right, absolutely. And then they right. planted people in the audience to scream, which I think is amazing. Uh, <laughs> but... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, if you've seen John Goodman's film... Um... Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. Um, I know what you're talking about. I can't, I'm blanking on the name of it, though. Is it... Matinee. Matinee, yes. Matinee, yeah. His film, Matinee, is, is basically based on Castle, yeah. So I'm thinking of William Castle, and like, okay, he must just be... His most of his movies, I was looking at his list seem kind of they remind me of uh roger roger corman his corman. list looks like roger corman but it seems like he's more gadgety like i want to do some crazy in the theater i mean it's like who thinks of that when they're you know, like... it, it, it's funny is i can really tell the difference between castle and corman though is corman is a more creative director uh corman corman stuff i mean you can say a lot about corman well, doesn't he? Doesn't Corman involved with the writing a lot? So I mean, yeah, they're they're written a little bit. I'm not sure Castle's they're, involved. They're they they usually uh, uh, a set of scenes will be built around a shot, and you can tell um, Castle's stuff kind of reminds me more of the Hammer films, uh, Hammer films or the '30s, just very very oh, yeah. common shots and uh, and 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 not very many. Uh, close up like the scene that we're seeing behind here we almost see that entire thing uh it's just done as a long shot which i can understand it works because it works as a long shot and a close-up but at the same time he uses a lot of it do you think it was like a tv 
somebody who's shooting for TV because it's shot like a TV show. Yeah, that's that that gives me that feeling. But you but know, you open thing, up with a long shot, were, close up, close up, all, long shot. There were a, there there were a lot of directors that you know. There's something to be said for being able to uh, know which scenes you're going to use, which setups you're going to use, and and uh, and uh, being able to do to do a film and tell the story with as few shots as possible. Uh, it's just that. Uh, his shots suck. Well, and even the special effects. I mean, like the the skeleton, for example, with the little dot in his head where you have the hook. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. The they could have hit. Background. They could have tried to hide that a little bit, but when you find out who's controlling the skeleton. But anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so one interesting thing about this too. Speaking of B B films, film low budget movies. By, by the way, I just recently uh, see. We still use the same plastic skeletons. Oh, do you really? And I, and I just recently was grinding that thing off. Oh, that's funny. I was it, it, literally in February. I was I was on set grinding that thing. <laughs> that's funny. It a still works. Of, put a little piece of white tape over it, and then. And then but at least you went to the effort to do that, right? I did. At least I did. That. But they needed that hook to do their little gimmick. So I mean, Who doesn't. Right? What are you gonna do? So, speaking of low budget, <laughs> so, you know, we're talking about George, Roger, no, Roger Corman, you know, Mr. Corman and this right. guy, Castle, they're low budget and they make a lot of money in the movies, right? Well, generally, right. I don't know about Corman, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, this had such a large gross, this, this had such large grosses, like in all the areas, like in the United States and overseas yeah. that it inspired a certain director to make a movie called Psycho. Really? Because he was like, oh, I can make a movie and make a lot of money. So he did it. But I, I wouldn't say Psycho though, by the but, way. But the, this came on and tied together with the Swamp Thing. And that kind of caused a little tiny, uh, 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 a gen uh, not a genesis, uh, 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 a regeneration of, of horror films in the beginning of the 60s. Uh, you know, Swamp Thing, you know, we brought back, a, a, you know, Paul, the House of Usher. This, this is Corman came out with with his. Uh, I think Corman did seven films that were based on Poe. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, with with Vincent Price, and those are excellent movies. I like those. Those and movies. Some of them, some of them were very, very good. Uh, and, and, you know. Uh, and they weren't directed by William Castle, so. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Corman did the comical uh, The Raven with. Vince, you know, the, that Vincent guy. So yeah, I, I guess the fact that, that there was money in it, I, I'm just saying that this particular, and there is a 1999 version of this that I have not seen, but this particular oh. version of it, I think is, uh, does not stand up very well. Oh, so you bring that up, the 1999. I went to see that with my girlfriend back in, back, you know, my, yeah, back in 1999, in the theater, we went to see it in the theater and, uh. It was horrible. It was like it was like I wanted my money back. It was this so is bad. All I've heard. This is all I've ever heard about it. And yeah, speaking of set design or set building, I should say, um, I was in the I was watching this movie and I'm like, okay, this is so boring. And then and then I see this guy. That, so there's a group of people sitting on the floor and, and he he reaches back to get up from the floor and he pushes on the wall, and it like it's it gives like it's made of foam like it just kind of <laughs> no. gives, and I'm like, ah, oh, they couldn't even get the set like to look real.
Uh, see that drive, that kind of stuff just drives me nuts, man. And they could have caught that when they were editing, right? I mean, oh, yeah. maybe not oh, show we, that part. Oh, we, we were just we were just recently uh, doing that up on Pig Hill, and we were. Uh, uh, I I said no, you know, absolutely everything on this. We were literally. Uh, the thing is, these days you can use concrete guns if if you have a concrete floor. I mean, that was the nice thing is, is a wooden floor. A good old fashioned set had a wooden floor. And you could nail everything down, right? You know, so that your walls wouldn't move. But the problem is, is when you're using a warehouse and the warehouse has a concrete floor. But these days, you know, you just take a whole bunch of concrete, you know, uh, the, those blue headed screws and, burr, 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 and away you go. Well, there you go. Just saying. So my my judgments, my 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 uh, rating. <laughs> My rating on this would be probably a two. I don't think it holds up very well. That's just my whole thing. I don't think it holds up well at all. Well, as a Svengoolie fan and uh, cheesy things like Up All Night with Gilbert Gottfried, if anybody remembers that, um, I actually kind of got into this. I, I got over the fact that it was a cheesy movie from the 50s that wasn't shot very well. Um, <laughs> and the plot was very weak. Um Vincent Price right dad, was stellar. Right that guy right, that guy right there was amazing. Yeah. I thought, I yeah, thought he was he pretty is, good. He is. Ah, he is. He's Those who were kind of, you know. Anyway, yeah. the acting was okay, but the other, there were a few standouts. The scary lady, she was yeah. good. No, so I, I actually got into it and I enjoyed some of the twists because I d couldn't remember them. So it kind of, some things kind of surprised me a little bit. So it was kind of fun. It was a murder mystery more than it was a haunted house movie, obviously. But I actually give it a better rating because I think I enjoyed it more. I would probably give it like a 2.8. Almost a 3. See, I, I, I'm telling you the thing is, is this. It it's is, slightly I, above I, average I think, for me. I think Vincent Price did a great job in this one. I think That's what pulled me up. Whatever he does. However, I will I say. would have been at a, at a 1.8 if it wasn't for Vincent, my little I buddy right seen, there. There there are, I have, I, I, I have gone through Vincent Price films all through the 50s and 60s, I had been really like soaking them up so that I can't remember one of them from the other. But uh, there are a couple, and I will write you about them. There are a couple of them that are just quite amazing, where, where everything involved, and particularly uh, some of the ones with Roger Corman and The Raven. Come on, The Raven's amazing. No, I actually, those, any of the Poe stuff I, I liked when I was a kid, I actually watched the, the stuff and I loved it. Of course, I'm a, I'm a Poe fan, so I mean, I like his poetry, so. But no, what was that poetry. movie we did? The man who, um, the one where he was by himself. That was actually a pretty decent one. Can I, can I, can I tell you a little story though? The, um, yes, please do. I, and this, this goes back to my friend that just recently died, Jeff Burr. Uh, he's a director. And uh, he, <laughs> when he got to town, uh, he came from the Midwest and, uh, and and when he actually came from Georgia, uh, he came from Georgia, and, and and when he moved to L.A., he was gonna make movies, right? And so he, he had written this weird little script, and and we would have to look up all the the references and stuff to it. But he literally went to Vince's house, Vincent Price's house, and sat in front of his house until Vincent Price got nervous and came outside. Because he wanted to know what this kid was doing out here, uh, <laughs> really. And and he went up and and he got Vincent Price 
uh, and he got Vincent to do one of his last roles in in one of his films. Oh, yeah, cool. A little, a little role for Vincent Price. So we have to look at that Jeff Burr film. And and uh, so uh, to me, watching Vincent Price uh, was kind of sweet just to uh, uh, remember Jeff and 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 uh, and hear his stories about how he was such a, an amazing uh, film historian. But uh, he was going to he he was going to come to town and he was going to make a film with Vincent Price and he did. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we should check that one out and maybe maybe you'll have some stories too because if There you, you go. Know, there yeah, you yeah. Go. Sounds good to me. Okay. E